In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 215th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are getting ready to face the Green Bay Packers and we're going to title this episode Can the Falcons Shock the Packers on MNF? Monday Night football. The Falcons will go up there with the league's worst defense. Points allowed. 36 points against the number one offense. Points scored. 40.7. So that's why we say uh, if they can win, that's going to be a shocker. So can the Falcons Shock the Packers in Green Bay on Monday night, 8-15 on ESPN. We're going to go through a couple things. Just We don't have to do the whole number analysis. It's only three games, small sample size. Uh, play some audio from today from uh, Joe Witt, Chris Morgan, and Jeff Albrecht. And then uh, uh, we'll look at the big plays the Falcons are giving up. Then we got our uh, main feature here today is we uh, got some uh, information on the review of the Packers win over the Saints from our good friend Bob McGinn, formerly of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, my mentor. 53 to go, 28-yard strike from uh, the Computer came on on there, sorry. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 215th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Now, you can find our coverage on AJC.com and uh, on Facebook, Atlanta Falcons News Now. The Twitter handle is at D. Orlando AJC, and we'll tweet the stories out there and you know have a comment or two for you. We're going to title this episode, Can the Falcons Shock the Packers on MNF? Monday Night Football. The Falcons on three. We'll be going to Lambeau Field to face the Green Bay Packers 3-0. and And it will be a shocker because uh, you'll see why. We'll just look at some of the issues. we got the 32nd team in points allowed going against the first team in points scored. So that's going to mark this game. The Falcons give up 36 points a game. The Packers score 40.7. The over and under is 57 and a half. So um, something's got to give. But hey, stranger things have happened. We're going to do. We're going to look at those numbers. We don't have to do a real major breakdown here. Uh, get you some video from Coach Witt, secondary coach. Coach Morgan, the offensive line coach, and Coach Olbrick, the linebacker coach. Uh, look at the big plays that the Falcons have given up. And then go to uh, Bob McGinn, formerly of the Milwaukee Journal, 
And then later, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. He's retired, but lives in Ann Arbor. He still covers the Packers for the Athletic. So, uh, oh, I usually don't say that. But Bob was my mentor. He helped me a great job. Uh, did a great job helping me during the 90s um, with the Packers. I was on the beat with him. And uh, he sent me his review of the Packers Saints. So I picked out some nuggets from that for us. To help us get ready for the game on Sunday. Of course, I had to send him, you know, we do a little informational trade. That's old school. Nobody just, you know, the kids now, I guess they just go on the Internet and think they don't have to call each other and whatever. But the old school folks, we call each other and talk about it. And uh, one of the things he wanted to know about is the preferred starters. And I think the Falcons, so I gave him the 22 preferred starters. And uh, three on offense are in jeopardy and five on defense now. So that's eight of third, eight of 22 preferred starters. That puts you at 36% of uh, going into the game against the number one scoring offense without 36% of your preferred starters. But we, um, you know, we don't have to do the breakdown here. 30, the Falcons give up 36 points. The Packers score 40.7. And, uh, you know, the Falcons' defense has just been, uh, you know, pretty much atrocious. Uh, 463.3 yards per game, 31. 350.3 passing, 31. They have a plus-2 turnover, uh, 9.2. But... um, you know, we, we don't have to recast all of that, uh, what's been going on with the defense. But let's go and get to um, some of the audio here. My Joe Witt was choppy, but I'm going to try to get that. I did like three different ones. The screen started freaking me out, and then I moved it around. Uh, but we got uh, some pretty good clips from Coach Morgan and Albrecht. But we'll we'll uh, try to get you the Joe Witt. Since his uh, secondary is giving up 350.3 yards a game, you know, we did a story on what's wrong with the uh, defense, and he said he was part of the problem. He's got to get Isaiah Oliver to play better. Uh, Darquez Denard's on IR now. A.J. Terrell's in the COVID program. So, you know, the top three corners right now are Isaiah Bleedy Ray Wilson and Jordan Miller, who's coming off the PED list. So you can look for the Falcons to call up the uh, rookies again, uh, Delrick Abrams and Tyler Hall, because uh, they're hurting that cornerback. And what a uh, game to be hurting that cornerback against. You're going against Aaron Rodgers. Of course, uh, free safety. Uh, free safety, uh, yeah, our guy Ricardo Allen did not play last game, so that elbow must be pretty bad. And, uh, you know, DeMonte Casey and Keanu Neal are back there, along with uh, rookie Jalen Hawkins. So, uh, wow, that's kind of bad to be going to Green Bay against the number one scoring offense with a injured secondary. But my Joe Wick, I got three of them. I'm going to try to just go to them all here, and then we'll get to Chris Morgan and Jeff Albrecht uh, and uh, take it from there. We'll go to the big plays, and then we'll get to Bob McGinn's report. 
here. I'm going to go ahead and get that set up on the screen here. Uh, but, yeah, the Falcons are 0-3. Okay, got that up there. And uh, we heard from the assistant coaches today. And, ooh, it was uh, it was just good to hear from them. We hadn't talked to them in quite a while. Get to Joe Witt for you. Right here. He's, he's brought leadership. Uh, he's, he's brought a guy that's very accountable. Um, I'm looking forward to getting him back once he gets healthy. But he's been a, a pleasant addition to, to the group. And I kind of wanted to go back to, to last week. You know, you had some guys who were. Yeah, I was with on Denard. In the film with them, they're, they're, they're as good as any offense in the, in the, in the, in the league. Um, and it's going to take everybody. And it's going to take uh, the guys up front, you know, you know, giving a little extra rush. It's going to take us making sure we hold the coverage on the backside to give those guys the rush. Um, when we have opportunities to make plays, which we had a couple opportunities this last game and we dropped them, uh, we, we have to make those plays uh, and to, to win games like this coming up on Monday night. So, um, you know, I'm not going to make an excuse for certain guys being out. It's our job to go out there and play. It's our job to go out there and win. There's no excuses to say NFL. Really bad? That would be... Falcons cornerback coach Joe Witt. He's going to not make any excuses. Here's my last Joe Witt uh, item. Let me get it restarted here. Uh, he's going to Green Bay. He was a coach there for 11 years. Won a Super Bowl with uh, Mike McCarthy and the guys in Dallas against Pittsburgh. Uh, Charles Woodson was one of his former pupils. He had He's had Charles come in and talk to the Falcons. But uh, that magic hasn't rubbed off with them yet so far. But here's some more Joe Witt. He can place the ball wherever he wants, him, wants to put it. Um, he can move people with his eyes. Don't look at you. Know, I used to tell my, my players when I was there, um, he's like, Medusa, don't look him in the eyes because he, he, will, he will freeze you. And so, um, but uh, he has great arm talent. He, has, he, he can throw the ball for any plane. You can move him left or right. He can still throw the ball. Um, the thing that we have to make sure we do, we have to hit him. Um, we have to make sure that we stay on top of these receivers. Um, Devontae, um, 83, those guys can go. So they, they have a really good offense. Um, Aaron's running the ball. The other Aaron, 33, he's running. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron Jones, that's uh, who he's talking about at the end. It was Aaron Rodgers at the beginning was who he was talking about. Uh, you know, he coached up there in Green Bay, knows the team well. Uh, spent a year in Cleveland and is trying to, uh, you know, get the Falcons secondary together. They had these same problems last year. I don't know. Um, I'm starting to think it's not, um, you know, Raheem came over and got them straight down the stretch, but they were playing basic stuff. I'm thinking they're asking them to do too much, and they might not be as talented as the people think they are. But uh, I could be wrong there. But, um, uh, you know, that's just my assessment. So let and it's early. It's early in the season. I mean, they could lose the Green Bay. They could win the next five and be five and four, and then be going down the stretch trying to get to the playoffs. So they, you know, they they got to play better though. They're not playing whole uh, what we call it complementary football. The offense, defense, special teams not playing. You know, the offense has been streaky. The defense get a couple stops here and there. Uh, and then the special teams, you know, the returner can't get out to the 15. They're missing kicks. And they, uh, you know, don't know what to do on side or kick, kicks. So it's not complimentary football so far. 
three games in with no exhibition season during the coronavirus pandemic. Here is Coach Chris Morgan talking about the offensive line. They started as the eighth game, if you really think about it. Um, having Alex back, uh, James Carpenter's been with us over a year now. Uh, you got Jake Matthews, so the continuity of the group. Uh, the guys are all really working hard. It's really important to them. I think they had a very, very good off season. Uh, I think they came back in extremely good shape. Uh, I think they studied, worked, learned. I think all those things were a big part of it. And I kind of wanted to also ask specifically about Chris Lindstrom. And looking back at the games where y'all didn't have him available last year and now seeing three games with him, what do you think that he brings that maybe y'all did miss from him not having him last year? Uh, you know, I think he brings a lot of things. I think he brings uh, an extreme uh, toughness. He brings uh, great effort, uh, great enthusiasm. He's very, very athletic. Uh, he's fast. He's long. Uh, he loves to play. He's a great communicator. Uh, I think he brings all those things to the group. Do you Orlando that better? Ooh, trying to unmute here. Hey, uh, Coach. You had it, then you muted it again, D-Line. Okay. There we go. There we go. Hey, Coach Morgan, how you doing? Um, good, lad. How you doing? Doing pretty good. Pretty good. Hey, uh, how did uh, Matt Gano play for you? And, uh, you know, how uh, gratifying is it to see a guy, you know, that you all, you know, obviously developed to, you know, see him make it out there on the field and so forth? You know, Matt came out and battled. He, uh, he did a nice job in a lot of spots. He played a really good player, uh, good defense for his first start. And uh, it is, it's really, it's a, it's a cool deal to see Matt, how much he's put into it, uh, how far he's come, uh, undrafted guy from Wesley. And, uh, you know, he's worked really hard for the two years he's been here. You know, obviously this being the third season and he's developed, he's learned, uh, he's worked. And, uh, you know, you saw how valuable it was and how, you know, he went in and, you know, played tackle and played it at a high level in a lot of spots. And what's the challenge uh, your line will face with uh, Green Bay with the Smiths, uh, you know, um, Preston and Darius, uh, you know, leading up that charge? And I don't know if Kenny will be playing, but uh, looks like another tough matchup up front. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they have good pass rushers. Uh, they do a lot of stuff schematically. Uh, they throw a lot of different looks at you. They're attacking. They're moving around. Uh, they give you a bunch of different packages. Uh, you know, they're good on the first level uh, with some bigger bodies inside. They can definitely run on the second and third level, and it's going to be a huge challenge, but we're excited for it. Thank you, Coach. Yep, there's Chris Morgan, Atlanta Falcons offensive line coach. We're going to um, hear from... Jeff Albrook, the assistant head coach, linebackers. Want to know what's wrong with the defense? That was kind of my theme for the defensive coaches because, you know, Coach Quinn and uh, they do it too. They repeat. Okay, it's big plays, red zone, and we got to finish. Okay, those are all vague. Let's We got to drill down on those somewhere. How do you stop people in the rest zone? You don't let them get there by giving up the big plays. We got that. Uh, but don't get beat in coverage. Play tight in coverage. Beat your guy. Get to the quarterback. I mean, get specific. I know what I know what it is, but you got to ask them because, you know, the fans want to hear that. I can't say, hey, you got to win your matchup and get to the quarterback. Number one rule in the trenches is don't get your butt whipped. 
They're getting their butt whipped. They're not winning and not getting to the quarterback. Therefore, guys are running free down the field because they can't keep up with them in man coverage. So you might want to play zone. That's what happened second half of the season last year. They just got in zone, kept stuff in front of them. They haven't kept stuff in front of them this year, but we're going to look at the big plays later after we hear from assistant head coach linebackers, Jeff Ulbricht. Well, seeing as the issues with the defense and being able to put four four quarters of good ball together, yeah, we just we got we got to finish. You know, it's it's uh, it's details in the finish and in the situational football. It's it's explosive plays we have to reduce. Um, uh, I thought this last game, you know, up into that fourth quarter, the issues in the red zone um, improved for sure. The explosives improved for sure. Uh, now it just comes down to the finish, and uh, we all acknowledge that coaches, players alike. And uh, you know, last year, um, you know, this is the kind of game where you won't be getting uh, a lot of uh, 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 you know people or consideration to win the game. But last year, you all went to San Francisco. Is that an experience some of the guys can draw on in a game where you know you look like a long shot, but you ended up pulling it out? Yeah, I think in times like these, you want a great opponent. You know, I thought last year, even prior to the San Fran game, was the New Orleans Saints game at their place. And it was uh, was a turning point for sure. You know, it was an opportunity to go out there, play against a very good opponent, and play well. You know, so we're excited about this opportunity. Yeah, there's Jeff Albrecht. You know, he gave us some of that finished stuff. Uh, but I think I know what he means. Uh, finish big plays, red zone. Okay. Uh, finish means close people out. Step on their necks when it's time to go. Uh, you know, uh, uh, big plays, you got to get to the quarterback. You got to beat the guy in front of you. That's football. It ain't real simple. And uh, then uh, in, in coverage, I mean, maybe they're playing man against people that are faster than them. Maybe they want to play zone, little combo, stay on top, don't let them get behind you, deeper than deep. You know, just basic football principles there. Uh, that'll cut down explosive plays. Uh, maybe you're trying to generate a pass rush by blitzing when you can't play man behind it. Uh, you know, they're doing some some stuff here that might not, um, you know, be in congruence. Uh, with the lineup. And so here, here's your big plays. This week, I got them all here. I got, I've been, you know, once I see a trend, I stay with it. We got four pass plays against Seattle, seven against uh, Dallas, including a 58 yarder, which uh, Keanu Neal said was his fault because they were trying to disguise coverage. And then the four, uh, seven against the Bears. And they were all, you know, man, if they just kept Mr. Brisky in the game, the Falcons would have been okay. But they didn't. They put Nick Foles in and he hit him up for, um, you know, they had seven plays of 20 yards or more. One was a run. They gave up the first run over 20, uh, 45 yarder by Trubisky. And then the rest were passes, mostly by Foles. I think they all were by Foles. 37, 29, 29, 28, 22, and 20. So you're giving up seven big plays at 20 yards or more. And I think all of them were, other than Trubisky's run, were in the fourth quarter. Then you got the formula for the collapse. I don't know if they're fit. I don't know if they're focused. Uh, but they're falling apart in the second half of games. They fall apart early. 
fell apart early in the Seattle game in the early part of the third quarter, and then late in the Dallas game. They just couldn't hold on. So that tells me, hey, um, one, they either are not any good uh, and they're getting overmatched. The talent's not as good as everybody thinks it is. Or two, they're not in condition. So they told me they weren't in condition. So then the uh, second part is, you know, the hard part where people don't want to deal with them. Say, you know, shoot, well, maybe they're not in good. Uh, you know, and Terry Bisky told me that year they uh, went up to uh, New York. And he's like, hey, don't nobody want to admit this. Was hey, uh you know, when they got beat 24-2 to in the playoffs, like, hey, nobody wants to say, hey, they were better than us. They whooped us up front. And so, you know, the Falcons are giving up all these big plays because they're getting beat. Could that be it? Or could it be that they are uh, tired from not getting ready for the uh, preseason and so forth? So that's real. That could be out there. Uh, but that's something to watch. It's developing. And if they flip the script and all of a sudden get good, it's like, hey, they're in condition now. They're playing ball. They, you know, they're talented enough to get this whole thing done. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to go to McGinn's report on the Saints. But I just want to do the quick deal on the Packers getting to 3-0. and Beat the Saints 43-34. to uh, Beat the Lions 42-21. And then we saw the... The win against the Saints, 37-30. to When guess what? Guess what they did? They had a lead late. And guess what they did? They ran the ball. Yes, they did. They ran the ball, unlike the Falcons. So Bob sent me his um, review of the game. The lead was without Devontae Adams. It figured that the Packers would have at least some trouble moving the ball Sunday night against the Saints in the Superdome. Now they benefited from... The Superdome crazy's not being there, but hey, it's the coronavirus pandemic, and uh, they did their things. But um, I got Dennis Allen, former Dan Reeves disciple, blitzed him like crazy, and um, that didn't even work. He said, in other words, the big blitz made little impact on Rodgers, who has been sharp, and the Packers turnover free, 3-0 and start. That's amazing. But he is amazing. Um, I didn't cover him. I was gone by then when I covered the Packers with Bob. I covered him from 92 to 2000, which is, you know, Brett Favre era of Mike Holmgren, uh, Ray Rhodes, and one year of Mike Sherman. Uh, Aaron comes later. But that time I was down here covering Vic and the Falcons. So the Saints looked confused by the Packers' short passing attack off a bootleg action. Rodgers completed five early for 95. So, you know, that's the bootlegs that Shanahan ran here uh, that Matt Ryan didn't like, and so they don't run them anymore with him, um, you know, turning his back to the defense and running those stretch plays. Instead of stretching it out now, they just toss it. They say they're running the outside zone, but they really are not. Here is a rating of the Packers against the Saints. Five footballs is the maximum. Bob's been doing this. Uh, you know, we've started together in the 80s. He was at the Green Bay Post-Gazette. I was at the Cincinnati Enquirer, both Gannett papers. And, uh, we, you know, he's been uh, doing the draft together. I kind of do it the same way. Just, I try to do it the same way. And um, But he does a review of the game where he, he goes home and watches the game and tape and 
then gives out the uh, five footballs is the maximum, one half football is the minimum. Uh, as a team, the Packers got four footballs for this game against the Saints. Uh, three stars of the game were Aaron Rodgers, Marion Crosby, the kicker, and then left tackle David Bakhtiari. Uh, let's pay attention here because on uh, the Falcons, uh, secondary and defense gonna you know they're gonna get cut up here if they watch it. Uh, their big receiver was out. Uh, Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard moved up to one. Marquez Valdez, Scanlon was number two. Tyler Irving was number three. Uh, Lazard had a career day against a talented secondary that has been beset by assignment errors in games one, two, three. Two home run balls accounted for 120 of Lazard's 146 yards. On the first, Marshawn Lynch, or excuse me, Marshawn Lattimore. This is a double scout because, you know, Falcons will get the Saints later. Uh, the Saints won't be blowing coverages like they, they did in this one, I guess, by that time. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore didn't appear to respect Lazard until it was too late. And his sprawling catch between him for 48 yards. And his sprawling catch between him went, went for 48 yards. On third and 10, the Saints were in four deep secondary with Lazar ran right through P.J. Williams around responsibility and over free safety Marcus Williams, who had bit on an underneath route. Again, Lazar used his long stride to make the Saints pay. And it was worth 72 yards. Ooh, 72 yards. Okay, after dropping seven passes against the Lions, the team only dropped. Uh, the team's only drop Sunday was by Lazard. Matt Lafleur. We're gonna hear some more from him uh, later this week on whether the Falcons should have hired him to replace Shanahan instead of going with Steve Sarkeesian. Okay, but Matt's the new coach up there. I didn't think it was ready, and the Falcons didn't either, but we still got to revisit that now. Matt LaFleur also relied on Lazard for heavy duty in the box blocking. So, yeah, you got to block. Yeah, but Lazard had a great game. We're going to skip that. We don't need to go through all of that. Bob throws the Wonderlick scores out there. Who is this? Tanya. Yeah, we don't need to go into this Wonderlick score. Uh, offensive line, they got a four and a half worth of footballs there. Uh, Bakhtiari was the stud. They got El Edger, Egerton Jenkins, um, you know, up up front for the Packers. So the line is off to a great start. Of course, Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback, got four and a half footballs. Had a great game. He's playing at a high level. You know, a lot, a lot of y'all saw that game on TV. But I want to look at uh, um, I spend time with the receivers. Lassard is the guy, uh, you know, with uh, Devontae Adams out. He's got a hamstring, and I'm pretty sure they, they won't bring him back against the Falcons. And then Marquez, Vandez, Scantling will be the three. So I think that's who we'll see on Monday Night Football. But, uh, man, the guy I've been impressed is running back Aaron Jones. Uh, it's obvious that Matt LaFleur is taking, is taking the long January-style approach. Uh, he plans on playing. Uh, that, that means that uh, Bob's code is that, hey, he's got a Super Bowl team. He's not trying to wear anybody out. 
Hmm, I know that approach. We have we seen I saw that in '95, '96 with Mike Holmgren. Uh, this is uh, he will take pains not to overwork Aaron Jones minus Devontae Adams. It seems possible, if not likely, that Jones will pick up a fairly significant share of the load at receiver. His skills on the perimeter were, perimeter were evident for all to see a week ago. However, LaFleur placed Jones out wide on just four snaps. Instead, he went with Tyler Irvin, a much less skilled receiver, and didn't play Jones much more than normal. Partly as a result, Jones' 86 yards for, from scrimmage were dwarfed by Alvin Kamara's 197. Kamara is better than Jones, but that doesn't mean Jones isn't a top 15, top 10 or 15 back. Unlike Kamara, Jones refuses to run out of bounds. Uh, weak side linebacker Demario Davis drilled Jones hard. And so we like that. We like the backs that don't run out of bounds. You know, that's old school. These cats running out of bounds, that's uh, not old school. Frank O'Hare started all that nonsense. Okay, he drilled him on the boundary, but kept Jones trying to dish uh, out a punishment. Uh, two on the fourth and one TD. TD the hole was left. Since in the linebackers flooring hard that way, Jones stuck his foot in the ground, redirected his path to the middle, and surged into the end zone. On another run, Jones creased the back of Lucas Patrick who was still made it in the hole. So he bounced wide, and and the gain was 13 yards. Jones didn't break any tackles, but picked up the blitzers at least five times, including three against hard-charging Malcolm Jenkins, Jamal Williams. Uh, 19 is so good that LaFleur didn't even use a second-round draft chip pick rookie A.J. Dillon from scrimmage. We might see him on Monday night. That's the way it goes in a tight game with the home field playoff advantage, possibly a state. You know, they're thinking they got to see the Saints in the playoffs, and they'd much rather see them in Green Bay than uh, in New Orleans. So they went down there and handled their business. Also, fullback Josiah DeGura, he had an ankle. He was sidelined for the second straight game. And uh, LaFleur may do without a lead blocker other than John Lovett for one play. Okay, defensive line, three and a half sacks. Uh, Kenny Clark was out, He, uh, but we got the Smith brothers, Preston Smith from Stevenson High. And uh, they're not brothers, but Zadarius Smith and Preston are in there, so... That's a problem again. We saw we we saw uh, we talked to Coach Morgan about that. Linebackers got a two, so okay, that's where they're weak at. Christian Kirksey, old Cleveland Brown out of St. Louis. Uh, I think that's Hazelwood. He's high. Is uh, one of the linebackers, and then the secondary. They spent a lot of picks back there. Michael Thomas was off, so they had a little. Um, they had some time uh, off back there. The secondary got. Let me see the grades. They only got one football. Ooh, they're not playing too good. But uh, one of our guys, Shandon uh, Sullivan's back there. Uh, Georgia State, he's back there. And uh, Mike Petting, Pettit, Petting, uh, that's one of Coach Smith's guys. Uh, he was uh, in Buffalo for a little bit. 
Uh, he used Savage on some run blitzes, a part of the game that fits his reckless nature. Gerard, Jar Alexander plays 61 snaps. Kevin King, 61. Shandon Sullivan, 44. Really didn't have to worry about the vertical game with Breeze uh, without Thomas. So, you know, Bob uh, Breeze wasn't throwing the ball. He was checked down Charlie in this game. Uh, Alexander charged up to make two tackles uh, on short passes. He also missed two by trying to bump ball carries off their feet rather than wrapping them up. So the kickers were four and a half. Mason uh, Crosby's on fire is what we're saying. Uh, Bob said he's 20 at 20 on placements to go uh, with 18 touchbacks and 24 kickoffs. So no return. They might they kick it short. They might kick it short to see Brandon Paul return it because uh, that's what happened um, in a couple games because he couldn't get out to the 15. And then special teams got a four. The Packers survived the late onside kick by Hay. Patiently watching it roll out of bounds after eight or nine yards. Uh, we yeah, we saw that play out against Dallas. The Falcons were patiently watching, but it didn't go out of bounds. So, you know, and then they were late to recover. So if you're going to watch it at nine and a half, nine, eight and a half, I don't know what it was. I asked Coach Tawiki, at what point do you go for it? At seven, seven and nine? Nine and a half, eight and a half to nine and a half, whatever. Hey, but the Packers let it roll out, <clears throat> and they uh, it worked in their favor against the Saints in a thirty-seven to thirty victory against the, the uh, New Orleans Saints. So with that, that's our the end of this one, the uh, two hundred fifteenth episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Can the Falcons shock the Packers on Monday Night Football? We're going to see, uh, we're going to see, um, there's not any factual evidence to go on, but hey, stranger things have happened. Take care and have a great rest of the week. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents. Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.